good to see you here and welcome any of those that might be visiting with us. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So I hope that you're glad you're here. I hope this is not just a a checklist that you have to do uh, to check off or to be seen or something like that. I hope that you are truly glad that you are here this morning. Um, Two disclaimers before we start. Number one, I am not the regular preacher here. Most of you know that. Um, I'm just filling in today, so if there's complaints, see Doug. Uh, Disclaimer number two, I have not gotten any benefits from any earthly construction companies for this lesson that I'm about to talk about this morning. So nobody has given me any earthly benefits to promote or encourage a certain type of construction or to promote their business and how they build things. So let's just get that out of the way. All right. um, As usual, my devos, my sermons, um, things that I talk about are generally things that I think have to deal with me. So although this lesson might be for everybody, um, it's it's probably more for me uh, this morning than anybody else. And so the first question I want to ask is, uh, how many of you uh, play hide-and-seek in the daylight? And that's the best time to play hide-and-seek. Nobody? Shocking, okay? I'm sure most of us, when we play hide-and-seek, it's, it's getting kind of dark. Uh, it, it's maybe already dark, or we're trying to find a dark place to hide. Um, I know we've done it here in this uh, auditorium before with the youth, and uh, I thought this morning about having somebody in the back flipping the lights off just so you can see how dark it is in here, but uh, it's very dark in here where the doors are shut and the lights are off, and there's no windows and anything like that to let in any any natural light. Um, So kind of keeping that, that theme in mind, picture this. You go into a building, it's, it's dark. There's no windows. The only light from anything is from the front of the building or, or a stage or something like that. That's the only light. People come in, they sit down in the dark. Maybe they have an usher or somebody that leads them to a place, but they sit down in the dark. And then most of the time, those same people will pull out a cell phone and, and start texting or looking on there. So you might see some light from their cell phones and things like that. So keeping that picture in your mind, think about where you might be if you did something like that. You walk in, it's dark, the only light's up front. You have to be shown maybe to your seat. You sit down, it's dark, people pull out their cell phones, they start texting, things like that. Two thoughts come to mind for me. You're either A, at a movie theater, or B, you're at a rock concert or some other kind of concert where it's dark. Next question. When the spotlight is on somebody, they are the center of attention. And so if you go into that place that's dark and say it's a concert or something like that, the spotlights are hitting the people on the stage. They are the center of attention for that event. Okay? Sometimes uh, during uh, training my teams, I will say something like, all right, spotlight on Maggie, go. 
And so everybody's watching Maggie do something brilliant or something like that, okay? Um, and so when the spotlight's on somebody or something, that is the focus, that is the center of attention. So my question today is, is that dark place where the spotlight is on a, a person that's up front, is, is, is that dark place, is that today's church? Are today's churches <clears throat> going dark? And that's a question I hope that all of you consider, because ultimately we're going we're gonna to kind of boil this down till we get to the main meaning of this, this sermon. But are today's churches going dark? In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So consider this. Think about church buildings that you've been in over the years. I tried to think back to a lot of the buildings that I have been in. Some of you know that, um, that I was raised in a denomination. Uh, I was trying to think about some of those church buildings, uh, some of the church buildings that, that Lisa and I and the girls have been in over the years of, uh, of their lives. And I was trying to think back how many of those church buildings had windows that you could physically see outside or natural light could come in. And so think about that uh, yourself, wherever you've been, and how many church buildings have you been in where there's actually been windows where you could see to the outside world or the outside world could see in. And I know from the outside it looks like we have windows here on this building. But I thought back to 2014 and I thought back to 2016 on the two mission trips that I was able to go on. And those church buildings that we went into in Honduras and in Majuro in the Marshall Islands. And I thought back to what those buildings look like. They didn't even have doors, much less windows. They had a hole in the wall. And sometimes they had a, a, a grate or, or some kind of mesh, steel mesh or iron mesh over the windows. But it was, you could see out, people could stand outside and actually see in what was going on. They could hear what was going on. Um, you didn't really need a whole lot of lights uh, up in the ceiling because there was natural light just coming in from the outside. And so I thought, man, how, how cool that is that people could just say the building fills up. People could just stand outside and they could just look through windows or they could look through open doorways and they could hear the message that was going on. Consider the lighting in church buildings. Think about, I mean, the lighting in here, I, I think, is, is good. I think it's, it's, it does its job. It's adequate for us to be able to see. But in a lot of places, the lighting is not conducive to somebody opening their Bible and being able to see in the Bible what it says. 
And some of you may be thinking, well, these lights aren't good enough. I can't see. Uh, there's sometimes that, that that's hard for me. But think about the lighting in church buildings. A lot of, in, in, in studying for this, a lot of places are going to darker buildings and their lighting is going down or they're dimming lights or, or they just don't have the brightest lights they can find. And so the question I thought was, why is that happening? Why, why are places getting rid of lights in their, in their auditoriums? And, and I don't know the answer to that, but, but is, it, is it maybe to attract younger people uh, to give that concert feel? Uh, to give that production feel, uh, that show feel, that theater feel. Uh, I don't know. Um, I hope this isn't the case, but, but is it to discourage Bible reading? You know, if it's dark in here and you can't see your Bible, you're probably not going to open it and try to look in it and, and, and read it. So a question that came to my mind was, is it maybe to discourage Bible reading? I, I don't know the answer but I hope you think about this if, if, you're, if you're traveling and you're visiting someplace or, or you, know, you, you happen to go into a building and, and I hope you think about some of that stuff. And so mostly what I've talked about here right off the bat is physical buildings. But in talking about dark churches, we're talking about ourself. We, the body of Christ is the church. We're talking about the individual's in the congregation. Now, like I said, I've been talking about physical buildings, but now I want to talk about our physical selves because we are the church. Are we, the body of Christ, going dark? I wasn't alive in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, but I've heard uh, some, some, some stories about... Uh, just the knowledge that people walked around with of the Bible in the Lord's church. And so as a member of the body of Christ, I have to ask myself, am I, am I going dark? Do I regularly engage in Bible study? Or do I regularly engage in Bible studies with other people? Do I regularly engage in discussions with other people? about Christ, about the church? Would I be considered a walking Bible, a term that I've heard from, from the, that people used to be called? Would I be considered a walking Bible? What about outreach programs around us in the community? What about maybe uh, accepting denominational practices that the Lord Church might be engaged in? And I'm sure there's many more, but I think all of those contribute to us becoming dark churches. The members, as I talked about, are, are the body of Christ. Are we in this community, are we known in this community? Is the Shoto Hills Church of Christ known in this community as a light, as a beacon, as a shining example for everybody in this community, or are we a dark church? And that's not one person's responsibility. That's everybody's responsibility. I'm the church. You're the church. We are all in a community, and we all represent 
the body of Christ. And so are we dark in the church? Does the Shoto Hills Church of Christ shine on a hill? We can read Matthew 5.14 where it talks about that. Do we shine on a hill? If you would, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. I want to read a couple verses from there. The question I posed was, do we as the, as the body of Christ that meets here in Shoto Hills shine on a hill? Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is Jesus talking here, and I'll ask the question to myself, do I shine on a hill? Verse 14, am I the light of the world? Am I a city that's set on a hill that's hidden? Am I a light that's put under a basket? And nobody can see it. Is my light shining before men that they can see my good works and that will glorify my Father in heaven? I challenge you to ask the same question of yourself. When you're out in the community, do these things in these three verses here apply to you? Or are you dark? Are you hidden, as it says in verse 14. I want to suggest some correlations with spiritual darkness and physical darkness. I think there's, I think there's some correlations there. As well as spiritual sun, S-U-N or S-O-N, light, and physical sunlight. I think uh, there's definitely some correlations there. And, and as a as a PE teacher for a number of years now, um, I try to, to talk to all of my students about their physical health and things that help their physical health and things that may not help their physical health. The first thing I'll say is darkness triggers sleep. If we spend a lot of time in dark rooms, buildings, and so on, we physically get sleepy. But let's correlate that to spiritual darkness. Turn, if you will, to Psalm chapter 13. Psalm chapter 13. And I would encourage you to not trust me. I would encourage you to turn in the pages of your Bible because I could just be making up anything. Psalm 13, verse 3. says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. First Timothy chapter 4. Familiar verse for most of you. First Timothy 4 verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. They will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. I'm going to suggest if we spend time in darkness, we become separated from God. We experience a spiritual death. We have departed from the faith. 
we have given heed to these deceiving spirits or doctrines of demons and we've left Christ. But there's some other issues that we can experience physically as well. By not getting enough physical sun or physical light, there's some other issues we can experience physically. We can experience depression, weight gain, and achy bones, just to name three. Those are things that can happen if we don't get enough physical sun, S-U-N, sunlight, or light from the outside. But what are some other things that can happen to us spiritually if we don't get enough S-O-N, sun, light? Ephesians 5, verse 11. Ephesians 5, verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 9, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And then Romans 13, verse 12, says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And so I think we can see that not only physically does lack of light hurt us or lack of sunlight hurt us, but spiritually as well, lack of S-O-N sunlight hurts us as well. So we've talked about some of the negative things of, of, of darkness and what that can do to us physically, what that can do to us spiritually. So how about some benefits of physical sunlight? And, and you can look any of these up. Check me if you want to. Uh, there's, there's a, there's, when, when people get depressed, uh, they go to a doctor and they put them on a, on a, a chemical called serotonin that is supposed to, to boost their mood, it's supposed to, to help them improve their mood. Uh, serotonin is found in sunlight, it's found as well in uh, physical activity. Your, 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 your brain produces serotonin and that's a mood booster. So sunlight can boost your mood. If you're in a bad mood, go get some sunlight. Um, it also, no, I mean, some common things that most of you probably know about, vitamin D from the sunlight. Did you know it keeps your metabolism running smoothly? Vitamin D from the sunlight keeps your metabolism running smoothly. Also, we mentioned earlier that darkness can actually cause achy bones, but did you know that vitamin D from the sunlight, it can help those achy bones? And so we see benefits of physical sunlight, going outside and letting the sun hit us. But what about the SON sunlight? What benefits do we get from that? Well, if you spent time at Green Valley Bible Camp this summer in week eight, you heard all about it for six straight days. Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12. Here's some benefits we get of the SON sunlight. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we know from studying that blessed makarios equals happy. Doing all these things that Jesus talks about right here, we, we see that we will be happy. I mean, that's a benefit of sunlight, S-O-N. But ultimately in verse 12, the benefit of sunlight, the best benefit of all, your reward in heaven. I can't think of any more better benefit than that. Turn back, if you will, to Psalm chapter 16. Psalm 16, verse 11. A benefit of S-O-N sunlight. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We just read in the New Testament about what we need to do to be happy. And then we see here in this verse, in this verse, we see that God will show us the path of life. In his presence is joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can't think of too many better benefits than that. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Let's see another benefit of S-O-N sunlight. Jeremiah 15 verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. We see here the words that are, that are in this scripture, we are to eat them, we are internalizing them, and in them we find joy and rejoicing of heart. I can't think of much better benefits than that. And so we preach Jesus' light. We teach Jesus' light. Scripture tells us Jesus is light. But we are in windowless buildings and we have windowless personalities, thus becoming dark the body of Christ. We don't let the light shine from us to others when we're in our daily lives out and about because we don't have windows into us. Maybe that's not talking to them and maybe that's our actions. Maybe that's what we uh, just say in passing by. But I wanted you to consider the words of this song. Uh, I listened to it. Um, it it's, 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 it's a... It's a denominational song but I think the lyrics here are, are, are good um, light in the darkness is the name of the song light in the darkness is by Daniel Marcoya and he has an album titled Lord make me an instrument and the words go like this in the beginning was the word 
The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things were made that have been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shone in the darkness, but it did not understand. The light shone in the darkness, but it did not comprehend. That which we have heard and we have seen, this we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. This is the message we have heard and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And the light shines in the darkness, but it did not understand. The light shines in the darkness, but it's hard to comprehend. The word became flesh and dwells among us. We behold the glory of the only begotten Son. He has come full of love, full of grace and truth. This is the message we proclaim to you. And the light shines in your darkness, and we pray you understand. The light shines in your darkness, and we pray you comprehend. The light shines in the darkness, ah, but will you understand? The light shines in the darkness, but will you comprehend? Will you comprehend? I pray you comprehend. And so when I was studying for this, I, I, I came across that song. And the person that had talked about that song, it was sang in a church building. And there was a lot of different things wrong. Number one, instruments were playing in the, in the worship assembly. And it was a denominational building. But the message of sitting in a dark building singing a song about Jesus' light rang true to me. You know, I, I, am I in a dark building as a Christian, not letting others see in or expose the light, but I'm talking about, hey, Jesus is the light, but I'm in this building that doesn't shine. So would you sit in a dark building and sing about Jesus is the light? I mean, if we wouldn't sit in that dark building and sing that, why do we walk around in, in dark, bodies, dark, dark bodies wondering why people don't see Jesus' delight in us? I started at the beginning talking about hide and seek. We have the Word of God, and we say we have the truth. But why are we hiding it? Why is it not shining from us everywhere we go? We walk outside, and, and, and I, I don't know if you were outside yesterday or any days this last summer, but when it was sunny outside, it's sometimes hard to, to get away from that light. And so as we walk around in our daily lives, And we wonder why people don't see the light, they don't see the truth, they don't, they're not attracted to the light like, like a moth is to a flame or something like that. Why not? What are we hiding? Why are we not shining like we were told in Matthew chapter 5? So as I started this lesson, I said, most of the time when I come up with a Devo or sermon, it has to do... Uh, with me, it correlates to me and something that I think I need to improve on. But maybe, maybe this is you as well. Maybe when you leave this building, maybe you're not the light that you're supposed to be. Maybe you're not shining like you're supposed to be. 
maybe our bodies are windowless and people cannot see in and see the message that we have that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and the only way to heaven is through Him. And if that's the case, we need to change that in our daily lives. Otherwise, we can't sit around and go, why don't people come? So, if that hasn't been you, and, and, and you would like prayers to, to be better as a light, um, I mean, I certainly covet those prayers myself, but if you need um, those prayers to um, be a, a, a shiner light and stop hiding our lights, um, stop being dark, start, stop being windowless to, to those around us, if you need those prayers, uh, when we sing the invitation song, you can come forward and uh, request them, or you can just tell somebody else here. Uh, it does don't necessarily have to come forward to do that, um, but tell somebody else that you're struggling and you need some prayers. But if you're not in the light, uh, you can't be a light if you're not in Christ. And so if you're not in Christ, you got to get into Christ to be that light that's set on a hill. And so if you're not in Christ, uh, we would encourage you to, to come forward as well and, uh, and put Christ on in baptism and, and, and become part of the light. So if either one of those are, are what you need to do, uh, you're more than welcome to do it at this time um, when, when we sing this invitation song. But if you don't uh, feel like coming forward, I encourage you to find somebody here to, to talk to and, and make those uh, desires or, or, or thoughts known to them uh, at some point while we stand and sing our invitation song.